Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. I'm Katie Nordby. And I'm Janelle Feller. These are the stories of Jeremy Burt and Patricia Kopta. Jeremy Burt was someone who liked to stay busy. He was diagnosed with ADHD at a young age, and this drove him to participate in football and track in high school. After graduating, Jeremy joined the Navy. He served in the Gulf War from 1993 to 1999, traveling across the globe. In 2002, Jeremy married Kim, and they also had a child. That same year, they got a divorce, but they remained very close as they cared for their daughter. Jeremy then started to date his divorce attorney. That came to an end when Jeremy testified against her before a grand jury in 2004. Jeremy had tape-recorded conversations with her about a legal activity that she was involved in. It was actually another individual who also had recorded conversations with the attorney that brought this evidence to the authorities. As a result, the attorney was charged with forging judges' signatures and influencing a witness. Those would, those would have to be felonies. You would think. She was just disbarred, too, obviously. Yeah. You would think. Oh, my gosh. That's serious. Yeah. In 2007, Jeremy was living at his father's house in Boise, Idaho. In February, he had taken his daughter to visit his mother in American Falls, Idaho, for the weekend. When he returned on February 11th, 2007, he went to meet a friend to talk about fishing. He had left his father's house around 10.30 p.m. Jeremy never made it to meet the friend, and he hasn't been seen or heard from since. Shortly after he disappeared, his ex-wife Kim received text messages from his cell phone while she was in Las Vegas. The messages stated that he planned to disappear and was moving to a new address and getting a new life. Based on the messages and the context, Kim didn't believe that they came from Jeremy. There was no indication that this was actually what he wanted to do. He wouldn't have left his daughter, and he and Kim were giving their relationship another try. The text messages weren't enough to file a missing persons report because he was an adult after all. When Kim returned from Las Vegas, her car, which Jeremy was driving, was still missing. She filed a stolen vehicle report in the hopes that it would help lead to Jeremy. Authorities were able to track his credit card and found charges made 45 minutes away from Boise, and then nothing else. In May 2007, the vehicle belonging to Kim, a red Mercury Cougar, was found abandoned and burned in an extremely remote area in the Auahee Desert in southwest Idaho, 45 miles north of the Nevada state line. It was in such a remote area that authorities had to get out of their four-wheel drive vehicle and walk a couple hundred yards because the terrain would have wrecked their car. Boise police detective Josiah Ransom said, quote, clearly, in my opinion, the intention was to hide it and destroy the evidence. It made it down there. There obviously had to be somebody else there to help get whoever drove it down there out, unquote. Authorities searched the vehicle but found no evidence to Jeremy's whereabouts. There are persons of interest in the case. Authorities believe there are at least two people involved in his disappearance. 
It's unclear if the divorce attorney had anything to do with it. She claimed that they hadn't been in touch for months prior to the time he went missing. Jeremy and his ex-wife were on good terms in 2007, despite their divorce. She would later remarry, but she died by suicide in 2016. Jeremy's family doesn't believe he would have abandoned his daughter. They fear for his safety and believe he may be dead. Foul play is suspected in his case. His case may be related to another disappearance, although no evidence has confirmed it. Aaron Bernard disappeared from Boise in 2004 and has never been located. Aaron Bernard and Jeremy Burt had some mutual acquaintances. Jeremy Burt was 33 years old when he disappeared in 2007. He would be 47 now. He is described as Caucasian, 6'2", and 197 pounds. He has brown hair and hazel eyes. He was last seen wearing a dark-colored turtleneck and Levi's jeans. He has a scar on his knee and a two-inch scar on the left side of his chest. He had a goatee at the time of his disappearance. If you have any information about the disappearance and or whereabouts of Jeremy Burt, please call the Boise Police Department at 208-570-6290. So Jeremy seemed to be a responsible person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He he was divorced but maintained a relationship with his ex-wife. Yep. Good enough that it, they eventually started having a relationship again. Yeah. Yeah, around the time that he disappeared, they were kind of seeing if it was going to work again. Sure. Um, and it's concerning to me that she would have committed suicide in 2014. 2016. 2016. And her child would have been about 14 years old at the time yeah. with a father having gone missing. Right. Um, and I only, I couldn't confirm that anywhere. I only read that in one article. Um, that she committed suicide? Yeah. The other one said that she passed away. So I, it, it's not, you know, I can't verify that, right. that that's how she died or not. But it um, a couple articles did say that the daughter then stayed with the stepfather um, who Kim had remarried. Which is which is great, yeah. but but um, the when it comes to things like I, I mean I, I think that you can make a suicide or you can make a murder look like a suicide right mm -hmm. just by the behaviors that somebody may or may not have sure and you can I mean if you're clever and uh, I don't know and a criminal I suppose you, you I mean uh, uh, a murder could look as if it were a suicide. And because it wasn't mentioned only one time. Right. Um, um, you know, that, that could have been a possibility. And I don't know that you were able to find out if she had any drug or alcohol issues. I could not. It was right. never mentioned anywhere. Right. right. So so it's just, um, it's odd. Yeah. Uh, did it talk at all about the attorney and, and what kind of jail time that she got? Uh, if it did, I didn't make note of it. Okay, because, cause, I mean, just because it I mean, had I, already... I, I believe that they were felony charges. Yep. Um, but I don't recall if she if she served any time. I know it did say that she was obviously disbarred, um, but I don't recall. Because it, that, that had already happened. Three years prior. That had already happened when he ends up missing. Right. And it wasn't his information that actually that was actually used. He may have it may have corroborated if that's if I said right. that word right at all. Right. His his evidence wasn't this wasn't the evidence that brought this to light. His right. just kind of was so in support of it. Yeah. Um, so 
Hmm. It's strange, and it's it's a little strange that they somewhere they made a connection between Aaron Bernard and and uh, Jeremy Burt. That there right. is that they're that they're missing. How they went missing, when they went missing, or how what was found afterwards. I mean, it's just it doesn't say a whole lot, but it doesn't. And I I looked up this Bern, I looked up this Bernard to see what was on him, and there's even yeah. less okay. about him than there is about Jeremy. Um. But it's interesting that he went missing in two thousand four, and that was around the time that the grand jury. Um, I'm I'm not sure about the date of when he went missing or the date sure. of the grand jury um, indictment, but same year. Hmm. It's just interesting. I couldn't I couldn't link the I couldn't find anywhere where it actually linked the two together, mm-hmm. other than it just saying that they had the same acquaintances. And and was the attorney, the ex-attorney, one of them? Right. I don't know. Huh. Strange. It's interesting. And I don't know... They went to great measures to hide the vehicle. They did. They did. And it, it would be a distinct vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was Kim's vehicle. It was Kim's vehicle. Um... Something about that vehicle and, you know, one, it being hidden where it was hidden mm-hmm. in the desert, right? Yep. And it was, um, it was burned. It's very possible that his death occurred in that vehicle because why would you go to such extreme measures? Uh, or there was at least evidence of his... There was evidence. There was... There was Either he was killed in the vehicle yeah. or there was evidence in the vehicle, which which would probably indicate that he had probably died in that vehicle. Sure. And so that's why such extreme measures, um, though his body may not have been uh, in the vehicle when it was right. burned. Because that, that, I think that is, I don't know, that, that might, there may be telltale signs then. But. Right. And he doesn't sound like he's the type of person to just go missing, just to go. No. No, I didn't. Off. Yeah, I didn't state anywhere that this was kind of what he did. He just kind of up and left for a while, mm-hmm. or he was very responsible and adored his daughter and took care of her and mm-hmm. and had the beginnings of a new relationship. Yeah. And and um, and if there's no body, there's no crime. Right. So somebody got away with murder. And there's an 18-year-old girl without her dad. Or her mom. Or her mom. Ugh. Yeah. I want to tell you about uh, Patricia Gail Copta. She and her husband lived in Ross, Pennsylvania. She worked as an elevator operator for the Art Institute in Pittsburgh until 1984. In 1984, she had a religious vision in which she saw the Virgin Mary and understood that the world was about to end. Her behavior was bizarre, and soon she lost her job. Through Patricia's vision, she felt that she was one of the 144,000 of God's, quote, bond servants, unquote, on earth. She gave up all of her hobbies and devoted her life to spreading the word of God. She would walk throughout the city of Pittsburgh, preaching to those that would listen. She maintained a neat appearance, wearing makeup and a dress or skirt each day. Her sister reported that Patricia had a religious obsession since she was a child 
and her sister tried to help get medical attention for Patricia's feet that were in poor condition just because of the excessive walking that she had done. So that just talks about... Um, How obsessed. Right, sure. right. I mean, to the point where she's destroying her feet. Um, Patricia had numerous run-ins with the police, and each time she reminded them to be ready because the end was near. She was often mistreated by the strangers that she approached. At least once she was beaten and robbed of her jewelry. She had a vision that she would eventually be beaten to death and would die a martyr. The last time that anyone saw Patricia Copta was on June 20th, 1992, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Her husband didn't report her missing until, until November 27th. Okay, that, that seems like a long time. Yeah. Even for somebody who maybe wanders around for a couple days, or that seems excessive. Especially because she did maintain a neat appearance. Right. So her clothes her clothes were clean. She was clean. Um, that means that every couple of days you'd be you she'd be she'd be showering or changing right. or something like that. And um yeah, it's it's very concerning. He told the police that Patricia would go missing for short periods, so he wasn't concerned about her absence. At some point Patricia wrote a letter saying that someone was following her. And her husband said that she always believed that. He told law enforcement that she had paranoid schizophrenia. So, so that, I mean, that could explain her being gone for a certain period of time. However, she probably had a pattern. Right. And that, I mean, from June to November, was a long time. Right. It probably didn't, only because they talked about, they talked about her neat appearance. Right. And, um... That's not necessarily the first thing that would somebody would mention when they were talking about a street preacher, you know, right. that they had a neat, a neat uh, appearance. Um, so she was she was dressed nicely, and she was clean. Yeah, and, and if, that just means that she's regularly showering. She's regularly changing clothes. It may be once a week, right. but but this is a long time before she's reported missing. Well, and, and you would think, I mean, if, if she's been mistreated by strangers before, there would be a concern there. Oh, there absolutely you know, is. After a certain amount of time has passed and she hasn't been seen. Well, but, but you know, this is the hard part about people who've gone missing is that she is an adult and she can make poor choices. Right. Legally, you have the right to make poor choices. Right. Um, and you can make rotten choices. It is your right as an adult, and only is it a concern when it begins to affect someone, when you're a threat to someone else's safety right. or a threat to your own safety. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't. C- certainly uh, concerning behavior, yeah. but not, not, not dangerous. So I, wanted, so I wanted to talk a little bit about schizophrenia, and so I went to the Mayo website, and this is what they this is what they said. Uh, schizophrenia is a serious mental disorder in which people interpret reality abnormally. Schizophrenia may result in a combination of hallucinations, delusions, and extremely disordered thinking and behavior that impairs daily functioning and can be disabling. People with schizophrenia often require lifelong treatment. Early treatment can help get symptoms under control before serious complications develop and may help improve the long-term outlook. So symptoms of schizophrenia include a range of problems with thinking, behavior, and emotions. Signed and symptoms can vary, but usually involve delusions, hallucinations, 
or disorganized speech and reflect an impaired ability to function. Um, so delusions are just a false belief that are not based in reality. Hallucinations usually involve seeing or hearing things that don't exist, yet for the person with schizophrenia, uh, this is, they are absolutely true and real. Um, they can be, uh, hallucinations can be any form of the senses, sight, smelling, hearing, sure. taste even it could be. Um, disorganized thinking uh, or disorganized speech. It's effective communication is, repair, is impaired because um, the answers to questions are partial or completely unrelated to the question that was being asked. Um, it can be putting together meaningless words that can't be understood, sometimes known as a word salad. Can include extremely disorganized or abnormal motor behavior. Uh, this shows up in a number of ways, from childlike silliness to unpredictable agitation. Behavior isn't focused on a goal, so it's hard to do tasks. Um, it can be resistant. They can be resistant to instruction. They can be inappropriate, um, or a complete lack of response. Negative symptoms. Um, this is a lack of ability to function normally. For a per, for example, a person may neglect hygiene or appear to lack emotion. They don't make eye contact, don't change facial expressions, or speak in a monotone. Also, a person may lose interest in everyday activities and socially withdraw. Um, so you could be at risk for schizophrenia if you have a family history of it. Um, some pregnancy and birth complications, such as malnutrition or exposure to toxins or viruses, can impact brain development. And taking mind-altering drugs uh, during teen years and young adulthood. Mm. Um, complications. If left untreated, schizophrenia can result in severe problems that affect every area of life. Um, they can lead to suicide or suicide attempts, anxiety disorders or obsessive-compulsive disorders, depression, alcohol and drug, or drug abuse, uh, often including nicotine, inability to work or attend school, financial problems, and homelessness, social isolation, uh, health and medical problems. Uh, they're, they're at a great risk of being victimized. Aggressive behavior, although, is uncommon. And there is no way to prevent schizophrenia. Um, but sticking to a treatment plan can help. There are medications that are there to help with schizophrenia. Um, but it, it is a lifelong, it's a lifelong concern. And uh, somebody with schizophrenia would, is, will have to manage it their entire life. Sure. So. And that's even, that's a whole other part of the problem is, is staying on the medication when you're feeling better and when you're feeling good and. Right, when, you, when you're taking your medic, this is, this is it. So I spent, um, I spent 10 years working with people who had mental illness and, and it, 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 it there's, there's often a cycle. Mm -hmm. um, they would be on their medication, they'd be feeling good, things would be going good, they were working. I specifically worked in the, with individuals and their employment. And so work was going well, or their relationships were going well, and so they're feeling good, so they're better. Right. And they don't necessarily feel the need to continue to take their medication. Yeah. The, one of the challenges is, is that that medication for schizophrenia can have some terrible side effects. Oh, I'm sure. One medication, though it's effective in managing the symptoms of schizophrenia, can cause a 100-plus pound weight gain. Ugh. So then, I mean, and with, with that, with the symptoms, then sometimes you're taking medication 
different medication to offset this, the negative the, the negative effects, effects of right yeah the schizophrenic medication yeah and and you know with any behavior uh, you know modifying medication um, it is going to take away it is going to it is going to you know cut off the peaks and the valleys and you're going to be less spontaneous you're going to be you know you're going to feel to a certain extent you're going to feel less joy sure. less happiness mm-hmm. also less fear hopefully less anger but that range of emotions is limited then yeah and that for some people can be it can be significant mm-hmm. and and i think that at least in my work what i saw was that and i worked mostly with men and as i talked to them and talked to them about their their history uh schizophrenia in men is often found in their late teens and in their late teens, um, they often started using alcohol and marijuana. And, and I feel like that they were self-medicating. They were self-medicating because they were suffering from hallucinations or bad dreams. Sure. You know, that, that maybe they wouldn't have called them hallucinations, but bad dreams. It was the start of something. It was the start of something. Sure. And that, and, um, so they, they began to self-medicate and they, the people that I'm specifically talking about are, you know, they would be boomers. They would be baby boomers. So they would be of an age in which that wasn't uncommon. Sure. But, um, it, you know, it, for, for a lot of them, it became a lifelong, uh, battle with, between schizophrenia and their addiction to alcohol, um, always to nicotine mm-hmm. and sometimes to marijuana. And the trouble is, is that alcohol and marijuana would interfere with medication, sure, any medication, right, and making it less effective or, or increasing or other negative side effects, yeah. right? And so it is just, it is just it's a, a very difficult. Cycle. It really is, and, um, but I think it's important that to remember that aggressive and aggressive behavior isn't common, sure, and people with specifically with schizophrenia can be frightening because they you they're so their behavior is so bizarre maybe more off the cuff than it's it's bizarre because yeah. it's not predictable it's mm-hmm. not consistent it's not when we can't kind of i can kind of predict when i come upon you that you will say hi sure my name is right and and but as opposed to somebody doing something that you just cannot you could just cannot anticipate that they would do or say sure it makes us very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and so it makes things like schizophrenia. It can maybe be taken as aggressive. It sure could be. Yeah. It sure could be. Or when that's not necessarily the intent, it's just the way that right. their brain is processing, spitting things out, basically. Right. right. It's it's right. And so, so it, it makes me very sad for for the Patricia Copta, who um, when she went missing, she was only fifty two years old. Uh, she was last seen in June of nineteen ninety two. She would be eighty years old today. She stood between five foot and five foot four and weighed around 110 pounds. She is a Caucasian female with black hair that was turning gray, and she has green eyes. If you have any information about the whereabouts of Patricia Copta, contact the Ross Police Department at 412-931-9070. She was just tiny. Just tiny. And the pictures of her, the pictures of her have, she is a coiffed, Woman, I mean, sure. she had she had thick black hair, coiffed. Um, she wouldn't have been a very big person. 
and you would think that she would stand out in a way because she's so little and right. her so put together yep and that black hair right um you right. would you'd think that you would have seen her like if you if you saw her you'd remember you, seeing her you'd remember her yeah and and especially with what she was talking about right yeah right and she was preaching about the world's end and mm-hmm. um she had been doing that for a lot of years but she somebody like her would be very vulnerable yeah to you know to abuse yeah um and and she had nothing to protect herself mm-hmm. i mean she felt that she was going to die a martyr sure and so she maybe wasn't even afraid probably not yeah because of her belief mm-hmm. because of her religious yeah. belief we ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media Missing person photos, along with information and articles used for this case, can be found at our website at gone-podcast.com. My distraction this week are funny tweets about the lies parents tell their kids. Parents lie to their <laughs> children? No. And I think that I, I, I mean. Can you check off the ones that you've done? Well, I, and that I've been told, I think, too. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you're not going to, co- you're not going to admit to the ones that you've told. I, well, I mean, I think that's interesting. Yeah, I can't, I guess I, I wrote this a while ago, so I can't remember all of them, but <laughs> I'm sure I, I'm sure I have. Parents are allowed to lie. For example, I tell my children it's wrong to lie and that Baby Shark was destroyed in a fire at the internet factory. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's Baby Shark was destroyed. We can't listen Other to it anymore. Other people have it. Yeah. <laughs> well. Not at your house, Hopefully though. they're not old enough to go anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted five minutes to drink my coffee, so I sent my kid in the other room to find a toy that's in my pocket. <laughs> Follow me from our parenting hacks. <laughs> that is so... That's like eating chocolate and then helping it, the child look for look the chocolate. For it, yeah. That's evil. <laughs> it's weird how we tell our kids not to lie, then tell them how good the picture they drew is. <laughs> you have to... Uh, you... You have to. You, I don't think... Well, I mean, when you have to ask what it is... Well... Can you tell me about your... Can you tell me about your picture, Johnny? Right. So that you know what the heck it is. Right. Because sometimes... Oh, it's a picture of me. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, right. It looks, it looks like... just like me. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the resemblance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heard another parent tell their kid that when the ice cream truck plays its jingle, it means they've sold a lot of ice cream. Using that now. <laughs> That's terrible. They're a little rotten. It's a rotten thing. <laughs> if my son wants to watch one of his annoying shows that I'm not in the mood to tolerate, I tell him that the main character is taking a nap. Works for now. He's four. <laughs> I want to do the same thing with my husband over no, shows that a nap. he wants to watch. You should. Just see annoying, what he says. <laughs> annoying shows. You should. 
I need an I you know what I need I need my own remote control. You do. So like a master remote. Dueling remotes. It cancels out his. Yeah. Yeah. Right now we just are he'll he'll we just got Alexa and I mean I don't know who she she is, but she moved into our house. (laughs) So David will David will say, Alexa and then I will. He'll say it, and I'm not even watching. He'll yeah. say it, and I will say, fart. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes through her whole list of farts. And, and, um, and, and But that's how he introduced Alexa to me. Sure. Is that he started that. And so sure. now I'm just carrying on the tradition. Right. He started it. <laughs> My kids think the tooth fairy is, aller- is allergic to dust and can't come unless their rooms are super clean. Whatever works. Whatever works. Whatever works. When kids say, when you're an adult, you can do whatever you want. And other lies. <laughs> really. You can, quote unquote, do whatever you want. But you really can't. You really can't. I've convinced my son... You, you can. It's just a terrible idea. Well, it is. You don't have enough money. You don't you, have enough... You're staying up past midnight. I know. Well, why? It sounds like a good idea, but... It only sounds not... like a good idea if you're a child. It does. It does. I've convinced my son that the capital of Alabama is Sweet Home and the capital of West Virginia is Mountain Mama. Sure, he'll fail the quiz, but he'll be great at karaoke. <laughs> Which is, you know, whatever. Goals. <laughs> right. Goals. Reached. Yes. This is the last one. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to say it again is the biggest lie I tell my children. Yes. <laughs> yes. Don't make Don't me. Don't make me say it again. One, yeah. two, yeah. 45, 46. <laughs> I think you may have said that to me today. So this is a seasonal, a seasonal distraction. Oh, okay. These are funny Halloween costumes for adults, <laughs> for the most part, okay. for adults. You could dress as Bob Ross, oh, the happy painter. There's a curly brown wig and... A blue button-down shirt oh, and blue jeans and a I belt tucked in. Yeah, I mean it. I mean it. Basically, I I, I could look like that every day. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, you could be a one-night stand, a box with a tablecloth on it and a lamp, shade sure. on your head. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. I, I think that's great. You could be a tea bag. Oh, a garbage bag with leaves in it that's folded and trying to look top. <laughs> With a little string. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then the piece of paper yeah. walking around uh-huh. annoyingly. <laughs> That's a good one. That's what I thought. And I stole these all. You could be the Netflix guy, just a red shirt with a Netflix logo across the top front of it. <laughs> uh, you could be Darla from Nemo, pigtails, a mouth fence, which I don't think that's a proper term. It's not, but yeah. Um, but you know where it goes on the outside? Yeah. And do you have braces? Yeah, mm-hmm. it looks like a mouth fence. The headgear or whatever? Yeah. Um, and a baggie with Nemo the fish in it. You have to probably wear, I think you have to wear a purple shirt. Oh, I think it's a purple, yeah. Or a sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. But you could be a fart. Brown and green tool, and then a fart machine. So you kind of cover yourself, oh, your whole sure. torso in a and brown and green tool. And then a, then a machine, a fart machine. Sure. Which I've always, I've also heard it called a pooter. It's <laughs> just the name of a fart machine, which is the perfect name for a fart machine. I just want to say I I do own a fart machine. Oh, but I've lent it to my eighty year old neighbor who's in the nursing home because I think that's the exact perfect place for a it fart is machine. the perfect place. Scare the crap out of the nurses, but whatever. 
It, there's so little joy. There is. There really is. You could dress up as Carol Baskin from oh, The Tiger King. Sure. A, a oversized cat print shirt and a headband with long blonde hair. You're not going to be getting any dates with that look. No. But it... Maybe not even in the candy. Maybe not even in the candy. <laughs> you might not. No. Uh, no, she's not well received. It's not really... However, you could be Jake from State Farm oh. and get all kinds of candy. You could. Uh, a name tag, red polo, and khaki pants. Yeah. Perfect. This is not as maybe as easy, but you could be Nacho Libre. A red cape, white tights, red underwear over the tights, and a dark mustache. Sure. There's a certain level of confidence no that yeah. you have to have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pull that off. Yeah. And it's not advised... In northern Minnesota? No. Because today is the 15th or 16th of October, and we already have snow. Yeah. And it's it pretty much a guarantee we'll have snow on Halloween. Yes. Because if it's not, if we don't have snow, it's just bloody cold out. Yeah. It's You have to wear your snowsuit, snow pants, right. a jacket. Yeah. Yeah. But the costumes are really no use. No. You could also dress, if you are, have, if you're follically challenged, <laughs> you could dress as Charlie Brown. Oh. Wearing a yellow shirt with a brown zigzag across the front. <laughs> with a little twirly thing drawn on your head. Oh! Yeah! Like, it's like a curl. Yeah. One curl. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, how old, is, how old is Charlie Brown? I mean, Charlie Brown's got to be, what, like 10? Well, I think now he's probably 200, but... But, I mean, 10, and he is... He's probably he is 10. bald. He is bald. And that's sad. It's either it never came in or it left too early. I don't know. It's somewhere in between. Yeah. Something's wrong. Yeah. But it's a perfect costume for the follically challenge. <laughs> it is good. Those were good. Yeah, thank thanks. you.